Hello, this is Carrie Pike, creator of Carrie Bears, and you are listening to Something to Hold On To, episode number 52, The Dance We Shared with Carla Kibbe. Hello, this is Carrie Pike and with Carrie Bears, and I am so excited to be here today with my friend Carla, who also goes by Toot. Okay, so I think I remember, but did Mike, your husband, name you Toot? No, my mother named me Toot. What? Before I was even born. Um, she called me her little Tootie. I have no idea why. I've explained <laughs> it my whole life. <laughs> I really thought it was Mike. No, but my aunt lived across the street from us, and so my mom called me Toot, so my aunt called me Toot, so all my cousins called me Toot, so all the kids in the street called me Toot. So it just stuck with me. I couldn't get rid of it. Well, when we moved to Holiday, my aunt moved to Holiday. <laughs> and Mike moved onto the street. His family moved onto the street. So my cousins called me Toot. So everyone in the street called me Toot. So I have not been able to shake it for 71 years. <laughs> no way are you 71. I am 71. She looks like she's 20-something. And I wrote her a check for that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yes. I love you. Holy cow, I really thought Mike called you Toot. You've had Toots forever. forever. I, I kind of like call you Carly because I want to reserve that for Mike. But everyone calls Every, you Toot. I really sometimes don't answer to Carla. Sometimes I'm going to... it's kind of like... Who's that? Oh, that's me. That's right. Okay. I'm going to call you Toot now I forever. wish you would because those closest to me that. do. So okay, you Okay, here I am with Toot today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love this. So Toot and I go back way back. Way back. Like over 30 years. Yes, which is mind-boggling. Can Don't you believe you think? it? Yes. We get to go to lunch what, every once in a while. What were you, 12 when you no! started at Sigma? I was 17. Oh, that <laughs> but hurts. That was, but no. It was, that hurts. It, I probably wasn't like 20. I don't you know. were young, young. I couldn't believe it. This beautiful oh, little thing flipping around the office. Yes, no. It was. We, we had a thing right at the beginning. Oh, we though. did. We clicked immediately. And you would give me little marriage advice. I know. Sorry I was, about that. No, it was perfect. And we both, you know, loved Dave. He was the oh. greatest boss. And it was yeah. a fun place to work. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was a fun place to work. I really it was did. a little intense sometimes, too. It definitely got intense. <laughs> We won't talk about no, that. No, we won't. There's lots of things that would incriminate people. I'm just kidding. I'm crazy. I know. But it was. It was fun. It was fun. And and uh, friendships that have lasted 30 years. That's pretty amazing. I mean, I think that's extraordinary. Not everybody can say that. I and know. look at all the people in that office and how many stuck I around know. for 30 years. Well, we are good. <laughs> totally. Totally solid. I love it. So... Toot has had some sorrow. We all have sorrow. Everybody has sorrow. I know. Sooner or later, it just happens. I'm afraid so. But if we love so much, we feel it. It's um, just how it is. There are some great songs. Oh. You know, Garth Brooks sings Standing Outside the Fire. It's, it's about mm. what you choose. You know, if you, mm-hmm. you want to love, then you, you end up with a loss somewhere along the line. But that's, that's just part of... He also sings a great song, The Dance. Which oh. Is, I played it at my husband's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that's what it is. You know, you could miss the pain, but if you, if you miss the pain, then you miss the dance. Isn't that so true? So... This is why I came to you for everything. Because you have so much wisdom. I wish that were true. No, it's true. I'm writing her another check. <laughs> I love 
love it. Oh, she is. you and Mike were married for how long? Uh, 45 years. 45. Yep, he moved down the street when we were eight years old. No way. Yep. So. Did you love him immediately? Oh, heavens no. <laughs> heavens no. He was a twin. <gasps> That's right. And, um, it was one of those great neighborhoods where we lived on the cul-de-sac. My aunt and my cousins lived there, and there were like 15 kids. We were all within a five-year age range, and we just moved in mass. We did everything together. We did sleep outs in the front lawn, all 15 of us in sleeping bags. We played oh. ditch at night, um, and Mike and his twin brother were kind of inseparable. Um, of course. So we had a football team. We had a baseball team. Uh, <laughs> that is the best memories. Oh, yes. It was extraordinary. It was, it was absolutely amazing. Then about, uh, I think it was ninth grade, Mike's father got very successful. Mm. And so they moved up by St. Mary's of the Wasatch. Yeah. And so I didn't see him until after high school graduation. Wow. And you and, hadn't kept in touch at all? Um, no. Not, not much, really? Not much at all. No. Yeah. And um, then all of a sudden I got this phone call and he uh, asked if I would go out with his best friend. <laughs> I know. I actually think it was a joke, but we're not going to go there. Oh my and, gosh. And um, so I agreed. And yeah. so we, we double dated one time. And then after that he called and then it was... Just the two of yeah, you. Yeah, it was him and me. Oh my gosh. Did you remember like... This is the young kid we had in the circle. I mean, like... Oh, we had such memories. I mean, they... It was such a tight-knit neighborhood that, like, all the guys in the neighborhood built pigeon pens in my mom's backyard because my mom's backyard was huge. And so they raised pigeons out in my mom's backyard. And we used to have, like, bonfires back there where we'd cook hot dogs and marshmallows. Mm. And we did, like I said, it was this tight-knit group. So I never really... He was always such a big part of my past that when I heard from him, it felt very natural. And you're like, okay, yeah, we'll go out, sure, exactly, yeah. No, yeah, how's it been? You know, you. So there's a bond in childhood for sure. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Even yeah, just just people, and that is like a movie. Like, I wish that kids had that as much today. They it just makes, don't. No, they do not. Who lets yeah. their kids sleep out in sleeping bags in the front yard anymore? Mm-hmm. Or get on a ski bus at the bottom of the hill and ride up to Brighton and yeah. spend the day. You know, you take your sack lunch and we did that. We all skied and there was a swimming pool. It was called Fred Tedesco's on Highland <laughs> Drive. We would all just saunter down there you know, two, three blocks away from home, and swim all afternoon. It, yeah. was, it was an extraordinary childhood, and, and I am really sad that that doesn't seem to be anymore. No phones. No. No, no things to distract you from no. just being out and Outside, yeah. yeah. My aunt had the first <clears throat> color TV on the street, <laughs> and so we used to go down there on Sunday, uh, Sunday evenings and watch Disney's Wide World of Color. Oh, yeah. That was a big... I still, Disney every Sunday night. Exactly. A big Uh, do. So we didn't have stuff inside. There was a black and white TV. How boring. Right? So we were outside. Mm. We were swinging over canals and we were... (laughs) Whichever kid should have that experience. I agree. And I don't know that we'll ever get back to that. And that's Mm -hmm. so sad because that really is a treasured part of our past. I know. So did you, how long did you date? 
We dated, I was 18 when he called, so we dated for a year. And he, at the time, he was going to the University of Wyoming. Wow. So he and his twin brother. So he would drive back and forth. So we mm-hmm. dated when he could come home. Yeah. Uh, we dated for a year. Then when I was uh, 19, uh, we got engaged. At, yeah. And then we waited a year to get married. We got engaged in December and we waited a year. So I got married when I was 20. Um, I love that. It doesn't seem like now when people get married at 20, you're like, that is so young. It's ridiculous. Yes. I but I my, got married at 22. I know. And 20 I, also. I have a granddaughter that's 20 and I say to her. No. Yeah. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Don't you but it even worked. consider it. Well, back in the time it did. And I'm not. I mean, we had our ups and downs, trust yeah. me. We lived in Laramie, Wyoming for three years, so wow. Off the uh, first off? Yeah, oh. because he was going to school. His brother had passed away in a car accident. Oh, that's right. Um, when was that? Right after you got married? Yeah, it was right after. No, oh. it was before we got married. He died like the year before we got oh married. Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> how, how did Mike grieve that? Do you know? I, I don't know because he was in Wyoming so much. I do know his parents made it really, I, I, you know, I hate to say anything disparaging because everybody grieves differently. Yes, right. But the way his parents handled it is there were no pictures allowed of Pat in the house. Oh. Uh, they made Mike go up alone and clean out his clothing from their dorm room. Dorm room. Um, mm. So I think he struggled. I actually, to be perfectly honest, and if he's listening to this, he's... he's going to agree. I think we got married that young because the person who was always beside him his whole life was gone and he needed to fill that void. And that was me. Yeah. I think it was probably way too soon. I think he had so much more to do before he got settled down. So we moved to Laramie. Wow, and he finished school, but it was a it was a tough go up there. First of all, anyone who knows Laramie, I don't even know, but it sounds awful. It's awful. <laughs> it is just uh, awful. The wind blows thirty to forty miles an hour every day, all day long. Wow. I lived in a little trailer, <laughs> and we used to get up in the morning. And there would be little piles of snow underneath the electrical outlets. Are you kidding me? Inside? Yes, inside, because the wind blew so so hard. Anyway, it was a terrible place, and we and we did struggle up there. It was it was tough because it was he was surrounded. It was me, and then him and all of his friends who oh. had hung out with his brother. So that's tricky. I was not a welcome addition. Yeah, for most of them. and a girl. Yeah, to boot. Ooh. Oh. I mean, the only thing that ingratiated me at all was I took uh, art appreciation and music appreciation for them all. <laughs> you helped them with everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was about That's the only funny. thing. That's funny. I know. It was... You're a good woman. <laughs> Seriously. You know, Laramie made me sturdy. That Laramie I, made yeah, me sturdy. I think you have lots more in you, so, yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, so he graduated and we came to Salt Lake and then his dad... His company had gotten so huge, they were building power plants. Mm. So he sent us immediately to Price, Utah. Wow. So I lived in Price for eight years. Laramie and Price. Price, yes. You see these lines? Yeah, I was going to say, oh dear. This is the result. So, wow. And when did you have your kids, your cute son and daughter? Uh, we were married four years before, I, uh, and we were still living in, in Price, and I got pregnant with Jenny, and um, mm. I wasn't going to have my 
kids in Price, Utah, because anyone who's been there. Uh, you're so, like, let's get out. Well, so no, I just came up to the doctor. Oh. Uh, so uh, three weeks before Jenny was due, Mike just drove me up so I could stay with my mom. Yeah. So that was a really smart move, I probably. Oh, yeah. yes, because down there is, I mean. <laughs> There's just not a lot. No, there isn't. And it's cold country. And I have to say, it was, um, mm. it was an incredible experience as well because it was run by the Greeks. It was, it was yeah. like moving to a different state. In price. Yes, they had slot machines everywhere and gambling, and they had the best Greek festival you could possibly oh, imagine. And I love it. So, and I, I met my best friends for the rest of my life down there. Mm. So it was. It was a part of your journey. You're it was supposed to be there. Exactly. It's all I good. do believe that. I do yep. believe that. So. Wow. And then you had a son and you named him Pat. Well, of course. That's the sweetest thing. No, that was a given. If we had a boy, the first, you know, the boy would be after Pat. Pat and Mike were incredibly, incredibly close. And they fought amongst themselves, but boy. Anybody came at him from the outside, and you were dealing with two. So they were really, really tight. So absolutely, it was a given that our first son would be named after his brother. So That's so sweet. What an honor. Well, Pat them. was an experience in himself, so it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Wow. And then you just, I mean, I knew you when your kids were... A little grown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then we just, you know, we moved. We lived in Price for eight years. We moved to Salt Lake. Um, I just remember you loved to travel. Or you, it seemed like it. Did you travel? Oh, yeah. 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 And Mike was a huge traveler. Absolutely. He would I go at the drop it. of a hat. I was a little more reluctant because the kids were younger. Yeah. And, but, yeah, we traveled. We traveled a bunch. And then I, my sister-in-law, Carolyn, yeah. Mike's sister, yeah. worked with you. And, yeah. um one day she called me up and she said, they need somebody to answer phones at Cigna. Would you be interested? So I said, well, I don't want to work full time, but would they let two of us? <clears throat> yes. So they said, yeah, come on down and talk to them. So my sister, Susie, and I went down and so we split it. And it was the best. It was so fun. I loved walking in every day to see you Yeah, guys. it was just so much fun. We it, had, I, oh, yeah. we had such a great time. <laughs> Did we not? Have we a really had a great time. Okay, so you know what? This is interesting because I didn't even think about this, but because you did a job share, which actually wasn't really common. Oh, it was not common. It at was all. kind of a little outside the box. Yes. Now it's a little more common, which is great. But I remember when I had my first babies, which were twins. Yes. I proposed that I do a job share because of how it worked with you guys. No way. I did. Oh, that's awesome. And then it didn't work because I was full time. <laughs> No. I know you tried. Yeah, but you I tried. tried. But when I had my third and I wanted to do bears. Yeah. And I wanted, you know, I just wanted to be home more. It did work. See? I did timing. a proposal up together, you know, and I said, there's enough for one and a half of me and I'll be the half. And you can hire someone. And they said, great. I know. It was perfect. So, so it is probably you. Oh, gosh, because that was just. I just didn't want to work full time. That was pure laziness. Well, I don't um, think it was lazy. You just had other things you had to do. Well, I did. As a mom, we just do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Your life gets complicated. Everyone's yeah. life gets complicated. More and more. Yeah. The more the full it is, it just, anyway, it's wonderful. I know. Okay, so. So then I left there because Mike's office manager had some real health problems and mm. nobody knew how to do payroll <laughs> and you can mess with a lot of people's stuff but you don't mess with their paycheck no. so mike said if you will come and learn payroll 
I'll pay you. <laughs> so I went, okay. In pay you in what? <laughs> yeah, really, exactly. I was very specific. You won't have to make dinner. <laughs> I was very specific. Okay, oh. I need, but anyway. So I quit Cigna and went to work there. And, and I worked there for just a couple days a week for like 10 years or so. Yeah, but you knew the business. I did. And you knew the people he was with all uh, day, every day. Absolutely, and it was it was really fun. And I did learn that he and I couldn't work in the same office every day. <laughs> <laughs> and live together. <laughs> and live together. So a valuable lesson, yeah. One then, that we're learning right now in a pandemic. Oh. When people are at home all day long. It is, it is astonishing. A, we're, so, we're social yeah. people. And yeah. we weren't meant to be. So in it's it's interesting to see how everyone deals with it. Yeah. And not always. So great. Positively. Yeah. But oh. you did, and you learned that, but you still, you're, you're I don't know, you're cute. Cute couple, marriage, you still just, I mean, oh, not yeah, like we, it's not hard, but it. No, and we, and we had lots of ups and downs and, um. You know, my daughter got burned when she was two and a half, you know, and so we had, we'd been through, we'd been through a lot, but I always felt, and I actually think he felt too, he, but I think he was my soulmate. And so I think we were just destined to work our way through whatever we needed to work our way through. And uh, it's interesting. I went to a psychic two years after Mike passed away just for the heck of it. And that was the very first thing she said to me. Really? She said, he's your soulmate. Hmm. So, I don't know. I That's, love that. Yeah. Well, and you were, I just, again, I remember all the little tips, and you're like, you know, you should try this. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. This is good. Right. This is okay. good. I needed that, you know, just that little intuition, you know, pointers that just help out, because marriage is, it's something you have to work at. Constantly. To make it great. Even for 45 years, you constantly yeah. have to adapt and adjust and... Because we're all human and we're all quirky and we're all yeah. flawed. And, you know, you just have to find your way through. Yep. Pick your battles. For sure. So the battle you didn't think you were going to have of course. quite this soon. No. True. I just still remember. I was like, wait, what? Mike has what? I mean, it happened really fast for it, me. It No, it happened really fast for us because Mike's father had prostate cancer. And mm -hmm. so he was very good about going... To the doctor. Yeah, so you were aware. So he w took really pretty good care of himself. And so we had gone on a cruise, took m the family up to Alaska, and he didn't feel very good, which was rare for him because he wasn't a person inclined to illness or not feeling well. Or Yeah, he worked hard. Oh, yes, he was. And, and, just kept and going. But that's what fed his soul. <clears throat> yeah. He had to be busy. That's what. So d on the trip when he was sick, that sort of was kind of a, oh, so he developed this pain on his side mm. on the trip. And so when we got home, we went to the doctor. And we really, I never expected. When, they, when the doctor called and said, cancer, we were coming home. And we were in the car. And I was driving. And it sort of. He said it in the car? Over the phone. The, what? Yeah, because we had just gone and done all the tests. And he wanted Mike to know right away because he wanted to get him into chemo right away. So we were in the car. Oh, my goodness. But it's like you go numb. You're like, what? I didn't know. I didn't even really know how to respond or take mm -hmm. it in. Or um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrible kind of void mm -hmm. you're in. So we <clears throat> got home. 
and you know obviously Mike called the doctor back and they had these conversations and um I didn't know what to do with myself I can't I, even imagine it's you know such you a... don't want to sit and read a magazine you don't you know I didn't want to turn on the tv yeah or clean the kitchen or you didn't I didn't know what to do with myself and so he came over and he said I'm I can't sit down can we go for a walk oh. So he and I went and walked for about a mile and a half. Didn't talk through the whole thing. Um, and I think we both just needed some time to wrap our brain around it. Yeah. Um, but Mike, <clears throat> Mike was the type of person, he liked a challenge. He never turned a challenge down. And he, I think in his mind, just was positive. He was going to handle this knock it out mm-hmm. we're gonna get through it yep. no big deal yep he was gonna take care of this he'd do exactly what they told him to do and mm. and uh but it was quick because it was just four months from the time he was diagnosed until he died four months yeah and what did you I mean you probably had plans you're like okay we'll do this we'll do this and then we're gonna keep going with life oh exactly exactly we had to cancel plans when we found out the day he had cancer we were packing up the car we had people going up to our house in Wyoming so Oof. we had to cancel, yeah, cancel all of that. Then, you know, then you kind of go into, well, we need to get all the information we need. You know, we got to, first of all, the doctors always say to you, don't go online. Oh, yeah. Did you go online? Oh, yes. And, and, everybody, yeah. and everybody does. It's, you just can't Ugh. resist because you want to get all the information you can. So went online, um, found out lots of stuff, but they started with his treatment right away. They had him in really quickly. Uh mm. We met the oncologist. They had a game plan in mind. We, so yeah, we. And it was prostate. No, no, his was pancreatic. Oh yeah, pancreatic. Forgive me. Which is oh, oh please. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Which is not a, a positive diagnosis. No. In itself. And mm. uh, as the test went on and and what have you, we, they filled he had it for like fifteen years. It's such a slow growing, oh. and you never know you have it until it's too late. Too late. It had gone into his liver, and that was the pain mm. in his side. Mm. And, um, you know, he had, it was uh, really rough four months. He had, you know, several stays in the hospital. They had to kill his spleen because he was bleeding internally, and that was painful, and um, his kidneys were shutting down, and so. It I'm was so sorry. It's a lot. It's a lot. You're for your soulmate and you're watching this and try what do you do? And you're helpless. You're completely helpless. And you so wanna say the right thing. You so wanna do the right thing and nobody can give you a playbook on on what to do. Nobody has any suggestions because everything is so personal each case is so personal mm. and um so you know we did the best we could um i have to say i don't have a lot of regrets i think we did whatever we needed to do my biggest regret was he didn't talk a whole lot to me about it and i don't know if that was because he was as frightened as i was yeah uh, so when he did pass, I was kind of unsure because he thought he was going to beat it. 
So I admit that's probably why we never discussed what to do if you didn't or what to do with the business. Because you want to have hope. You want to just go, and it's not going to happen. And how do you take that away from someone? No, how, do, how do you sit on the couch and say, yeah, but yeah, if. Yeah, but if you don't, how do you want your funeral to go? Now, that's about as unpositive as you can right. get. So, And especially if it's not coming from him. Exactly. Then if, you don't go no, there. No, if he'd have initiated conversation, I'd have been all over it. We even went to the attorney um, so he could get a power of attorney assigned and... Um, and I said to him, you know, maybe this is a good chance for us to talk. But he never did. Um, wow. So you're dealing with this huge burden of grief and then a lot of paperwork. Oh, yes. Because he, he had made no... Arrangements. Arrangements. He didn't know? No, for anything. For anything. And so, yes, I was just swallowed up with this grief. But then... I guess maybe there is a process to grieving. You know that. Yeah. and But everyone's I, different. Everyone does it differently. Yeah. I hit anger right off the bat. He did? <laughs> I, I love it. I, right off the bat. Because he had left me this huge mess. You're huge. like, I don't know what to do with this. You better come back. Exactly. I didn't know what to do. He had, uh, we had a company that had to be, that he had started the sale but hadn't done anything to it. Uh, he had eight antique cars that he had done nothing to. We had a bus, a University of Utah bus. You seriously had a bus? Oh, yes. That's I, what we did with football games. Oh, yes. For 30 years, we've had this oh. bus that we painted bright red. and <laughs> That is so great. It's, it was so cool. He put a barbecue in it. It had a bathroom in it. It had a stereo system. We, uh, we took you it. You are the Utes. Oh, of- yeah. We, did, we took it to every football game. So anyway, we had this company that had to be sold. He had this 6,000 square foot shed at the back of the yard that was filled with antique Studebakers and buses and antique tractors. And and you're like, well, I don't even know what to do with this. I, well, I had no idea what to do with it. It was, um, I was overwhelmed. I was totally overwhelmed. The one thing he did leave me was really strong friends and like CPA mm. yeah was a really close friend of his and he became the executor and he saved he saved me yeah the banker Mike had known for years and years and years he stepped up and he saved me I had to have an attorney in Wyoming because of your house in Wyoming yeah because of my house in Wyoming oh. and because I we were Wyoming citizens at oh. the time wow um, so he left me good people I knew I knew good people, but I was um, I was just blown out of the water about what needed to be done and what he hadn't done, and you just have no idea. Like, what did you did you some days just go? I'm done. I'm just gonna go down to the basement and I I went in sleep. I went in my closet. I told I think you I did. told you this. Yeah. I'd go in the closet, wrap myself up in his bathrobe, and I'd go in the closet and lay on the floor <laughs> and yell and scream. Mostly, cry. mostly cry. I, I did. I did call him a few names. <laughs> I'm sure he heard them. I'm sure he heard them too. I was uh, one. One of the most um, one of the uh, therapeutic things we did is in this six thousand square foot shed. He saved everything, everything from his father's companies. Wow! I found his mother's college yearbooks. What? Yes. So we had to hire a dumpster. 
And that was the most therapeutic thing for me because I spent three days throwing stuff away, chucking stuff away, you know, calling him names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah things I'm not very proud of. And, uh, but it helped me vent, it helped me yeah. work out physically what I was having trouble dealing with emotionally. And, um, yeah. But it was mm. three days we filled that dumpster full. I had to have a shredder truck come three days in a row all oh. day long. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we had to sell the antique cars. Um, it was just... Wow. It, it was It was overwhelming for me. But my kids, I have to give credit to, incredibly strong and... Um, they they gave me the space when I needed, and then they swooped in mm. when I needed that. And I also have to give credit to my friends. I have this extraordinary group of friends, and they, too, gave me space to cry when I needed it, laugh when I needed it. They would swoop in and include me in everything, and then they would back off and give me some space and let me. They um extraordinary people. That, that doesn't always happen. That's a gift. Those, those are huge things it, to that, help you. That is something I think that if through we, grieving you learn. Some people, you're going to be surprised who sticks by you mm. and who backs away. And I think that's a lesson that's hard to learn because it's rarely who you think. Really? Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's because people don't know what to do but or they are uncomfortable but you know what life is uncomfortable life is very we got it we got to be there for each other agreed but i but giving them the benefit of the doubt i do i do think they don't know know what to say and yeah. do and so they think it's better not to say anything rather than say something wrong yeah. which by the way it is not <laughs> say something say something just say something or even just a touch on the arm or a hug or yeah a phone call but say something because you feel isolated anyway. And alone, yeah. And alone. And then when your friends back away. Back away. Uh. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a really interesting thing to go through. I we do every one of us has to do it. I know. Different times in our life. Um mm-hmm. this was way sooner than I expected. In fact, Mike always promised me that I could go first. <laughs> he did? <laughs> oh yeah. You yes. joked about it? Oh yes, because Come on. he would get um Gosh, what stage of vu? He would he would get oh, yeah. kind of like, and so he said. To, so I said to him, "I wanna I wanna go first. And he says, "You will." Really? So I just so was, you planned on I it. I planned on it. I I'm out of here before you. Yes. You can deal with everything. You can take. Yeah, you can <laughs> handle all this. So this was not. Yeah, this is not in the cards. Exactly, this is not the and plan. that's. I think that's one of the first things I said is you promised. <clears throat> you promised. <clears throat> I bet he was bummed about it. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. You know, I think he would have been bummed too. He wouldn't... I don't think he would have willingly put me in this position. Mm. I think he truly believed he would be victorious. Beat it. When he was first diagnosed, he had the very slowest growing cancer there is. It's endocrine, something endocrine. And... um neuroendocrine and uh, they said to him you're so lucky because this is the slowest growing cancer and so therefore 
the most research is being done on it because it is slow. And so they're coming up with all kinds of things to intervene. And so they said, if you respond well to the chemo, we think we can give you between seven and 10 years. So that was the initial. And so I think that's what he clung to. That's that seven to 10 years. Uh-huh. is good. And, oh, he felt perfect. That's. And not four months. Yeah. Well, you probably had made plans for something sooner oh, than yeah. later. Oh, yeah. Oh, we for had. For to go and do. and. Yep. He wanted to get a dog. We were, he was going to get a dog. And um, he loved to travel, like I said, so we were going to travel. Because he was probably right. Did he retire? Was he retired? Oh, yes. He had retired. Yeah, he retired and then went and built the house. That in subdivision Wyoming. in Wyoming. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had, we had plans. The only gift in all of this is he didn't have to suffer any longer than he did yeah and that is huge because that's really hard to watch Mm. um so that i'm really grateful for so you know you have to look at your situation and find a bright spot where you can and you do and i think that blesses you if you can agree and there's days when you can't and that's okay that is okay yeah and it does come and go yeah some days you're much stronger than you are other days. Um, some days you're happier than other days. You feel guilty for being happy for a while. Mm. Um, it was hard to laugh because I felt that was kind of a betrayal. And you have the best laugh. Oh. You do. Oh, I don't know I about that. I love it. I, I may have you edited out here. <laughs> so <clears throat> it's, it is a process. It's a, it's a real mm-hmm. learning curve. I don't know. I did go to a grieving class. I thought that helped a yeah. lot. Yeah. I'm so glad. Because I think there's so many resources. But oh. sometimes, I guess when you're ready, you know, because sometimes, and maybe maybe you make yourself, <laughs> because maybe you're never ready. No, I, it literally was, I made myself, because I didn't, it, it was, became apparent that it was very easy just to stay here. Yeah. And kind of wallow. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how you avoid the wallowing part because your your world has totally changed, and so yeah, so that's part of the process. But I think I'm I was really lucky. My neighbor, my neighbor right back, her her husband died of the very same thing three weeks before Mike. What? Yeah. So I kind of had a partner. Yeah. In this, we would meet out on the bridge and hold each other and cry. Oh. So she and I decided together that we needed this grieving class so we went and did it and it mm. was very beneficial heard your name come up several times oh bless her heart oh um, my bears yeah absolutely <laughs> she she passed out brochures oh, with you gosh. absolutely so it was really beneficial for me i like mm. you said i don't know you have to decide what works for you but it it was good for me i'm so glad you are strong and i have always known that but Sometimes I don't think people want to be strong, you know? There's you, a lot. Oh, no, you don't. And yeah. to be honest, I didn't think I was this strong. Um, I, I learned through this whole experience that I was capable. Yeah. It was painful, but it was, I was capable. I also, Mike was the caregiver of the family. He took care of everyone. Mike, you know, he was, saw to it that every, everybody was okay and he was awesome with my parents. And mm. so when he passed away, I felt this um, responsibility to be Him? what he was. Yeah. yeah. To be the strong yeah. one, to be able to help 
my my family find answers if i if i didn't know i would find it for them mm. i would be steady and reliable mm. and strong for them for my kids uh because they did struggle they they oh. were great for me but they really struggled because mike was ever present in their lives and he was the go-to guy if you had a problem that's who you went to that's where you went so i was determined to, to do be that, that. I've, I have fallen short many a time, but yeah. I've also given myself permission to fall short. I'm so glad you have because, yeah, that's too much. Yeah, you have to be able yeah. to fall down. You have to yeah. be able to lie on the bedroom closet floor. In, in his bathroom. In his bathroom. And cry yes. and yell or whatever you yes. want to do. And I'm embarrassed to say, and I'm going to have you edit this out, that no. I still haven't washed his bathroom. <gasps> I love that you haven't washed it. Because I can still smell a little bit yes. of him on it. I love that. You know, and, and when we do bears, people will say, should I wash it? I'm like, no, don't wash it. And if it comes dirty, it's okay. I just did a couple of bears out of some jeans. Just I just gave them out yesterday. And they smelled like this girl. Like It was almost like a newborn baby girl. But it was, yes. an, it was a 21-year-old that died of a heart attack. Oh, no. Right after the Super Bowl. I mean, it was just amazing. But I would smell, I would hold these bears when I was done. And then, actually, the people that were picking them up, I said, you have to hold these bears before I wrap them up. Yes, you Because they just smell like her. Agreed. And you have to, there's something tangible in a scent. And holding, it, it just... It fills you up. It does. I put Mike's aftershave on the bear you made me. You did. I do I so. I love it. When I move it off my bed at night. It, it, it lingers. Have, yes. I still have that oh, scent. Um, I love it so much. No, what you do is extraordinary. Mm. I wish people knew all that you do. I love it. It is extraordinary. Mm. To it's, have something mm. tangible to hold on to, it, you can't, I can't tell you how important that is, how meaningful that is. Well... I feel like it was not me. It was something, someone directing me to do this, and I love it. But it isn't blesses that, me. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's so it good. is absolutely huge. Oh, my gosh. And you lost your mom this year. I did, well, last year in, oh, in COVID. Yes, in COVID. And right, now, it's already the new year. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was. That was a tough one because um, when COVID hit, she was in the senior living, and mm. so they shut everything down, and yeah. she was locked in. And she didn't understand. She was 95 years old. She didn't understand. And she would sit in her chair and cry. And so I would go to her bedroom window. And they would wheel her over to the window. And she'd just look at me and cry. And she'd say, why have you done this to me? Why have you left me alone? And as much as I tried to explain or they tried to explain, she just didn't understand. No. Um, So that was heartbreaking. That... That was gut wrenching, actually. It's your mom. It's your mama. Oh, it is. <laughs> and she was frightened, and I couldn't be there to hold her. I couldn't be there to comfort her. And um, mm. they did let me go in when they, when they felt that her time was very short. I got to spend three days. I got to sleep in there with her, mm. her last three days. So that was good. And I think she knew. I talked to her the whole time, and I think she yeah. knew I was there. But. That was hard, not being able to hang on to the ones you love and have been so important in your life. That's a, that's a tough one. I, I think about soldiers all the time or, you know, f- 
firefighters or people who lose their lives and family can't be there. I can't even imagine. Oh, me either. Because I it's can't. a spiritual thing. Oh, it is. To be there with someone who passes. Yes, yes it is. Mm. It's, a, an, it's a, an extraordinary moment. Oh. Do you, I'm sure you do, but do you have like little times where you just feel them? Feel Mike or feel your mom? Uh, you know, that's interesting. Um, I don't, and I can't tell you how much I regret that. But when my son's here, or my sister-in-law, they tell me Mike's here all the time. Really? They, oh yeah, Pat feels him all the time. <clears throat> he says he's always definitely here. He's, um, wow. I know, and I can't tell you how upset it makes me that I- You're like, I, why do you- I know, I've actually brought that up a couple of times. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's, I mean, we all have gifts, right? We all come with different things. Yes. And I think that is a gift to right. feel that. Oh, I can't. And I felt it a couple times, but, but you want it more. Oh, I can't tell you how much I want it. I can't mm. tell you how much I want to feel him here or feel my mom here. I wear her ring. She left me this ring oh, and her cross. it's beautiful. And so I, I, wear it all the, I wear it all the time. But I so would like just to feel her presence, you know, just to. Yeah. But I don't know if it's. It's somebody, nothing you're doing. No. Well, it's somebody not. told me once. Actually, that it comes when you quit grieving so much. Hmm. I don't know. And I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, Mike's been gone six years, and I could sit and cry on the couch in a second, yeah. in a second over him. Um, so maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe I'm still all Mm-mm. roiled up. But like I said, my son and my sister-in-law say absolutely. They're here. They feel them all the time. I so. love they tell that you. Oh, that. I do too, because it, I lights will flicker. I, the same psychic that I went to, she said, I can see him in a hallway, and it's between your bedroom and the kitchen. Mm. And she said, he says he's going to stay there until he makes enough noise so that you notice him. <laughs> all so, right, I'll take that. Uh, well, I, and I hear, all night long, I hear noises. All Are you serious? Seriously. Um, okay, Mike. So I do talk to him. I, I talk to him because I'm, I'm just going to say that's him. I like it. So. I like it. We'll see. Tut, you've been so good. Thank you for sharing your heart and oh, your mom and your no. mic. Thank you for being I my friend. It. I love it so much. Thank you. I value. I know. What we, we we'll have. sit and cry because okay. we're friends. <laughs> you guys can tune up. <laughs> Seriously, thank you for all the lunches, all the, all the dear times we've had. It's been amazing. It's been a journey that's been good for my heart oh you are good for my heart and my soul (laughs) you're the solid one my friend oh i don't know about that no stuff radiates out of you i don't think you know that (laughs) it does it radiates well you are a gift Mm, thank you it's been a wonderful journey thank you thank you again thank you so much for listening If you or someone you know is grieving and would find comfort in having something to hold on to that is tangible and a part of their loved one's journey, please visit our website, carriebears.com. My book, Something to Hold On To, is also available on my website. These stories of different people in their grief have helped so many find hope. 
The book also includes a chapter on the making and the delivering of September 11th, the 9-11 carry bears to the FDNY, NYPD, and Port Authority families in New York City. This is Carrie Pike, creator of Carrie Bears, wishing you love and laughter, hope and healing.